Good morning. This is Mouse. I am on my own this morning. I'm doing a little solo intro recording uh, because we have a special episode today with Brian Pulowski of the Lazy Teacher Podcast. Um, I've been listening to his podcast for a while, so has Ween's, and he's been listening to ours, and so we did a little co-interview action on this latest episode he put his out, and we're popping this one out too, and we hope you check him out, follow him on his podcast. He's great. He's a local teacher, uh, not too far from where we each live, and uh, just has tons of insight into teaching, into the world, and then he just brings on friends to talk shop with him. And um, I guess we're in that category, so we are honored to have him as a new podcast friend and friend in life. He's a really good guy, and we hope you enjoy this. We talk about dating, we talk about school gardens, we talk about guitar, we talk about all sorts of stuff, and we have a lot of laughs. So check it out. Thanks. You know, the the first thing we got to get out of the way is, why was Ween's farting so much last episode? Oh, no. It's totally not true. That actually is That is absolutely true. And you kept blaming it on the chair. I don't buy it. My cat was on my lap, and I am very embarrassed to say she's actually right here. It's hard. She has gas. It was not me. It's it's embarrassing. That's why I don't have many dates. It's the cat. But I can't get rid of her. So, okay, next question. (laughs) Moving right along. When I get nervous, I eat a lot of cheese. That that chains right into so means what's it like knowing that you're gonna end up being an old cat lady? Oh my oh, gosh! Oh no! Rough. Was that too early? Stuff. Was that too early? Too, <laughs> too soon? Let me go get too some soon. salt. I'm just gonna pour some in my wounds quickly and get this, get this launched. No, actually, I'm very oh. comfortable with that idea. I um, yeah, I've I've become secure in the idea that if that's a possibility, then that's fine. I really do enjoy cats. They don't talk what? back. They keep you warm at night. It's fine. <laughs> Completely. They happy. listen. They're they step on listeners. your computer and turn it off. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Wait. Obviously, obviously, I'm only joking. But it does seem like every episode you have this wonderful story about dating, and it never <sighs> seems to go well for you. Terrible. Is it bad taste? Do you have bad taste in men? I think probably a little bit of that. Well, I uh, there's periods, there's chapters. So if you were to look at the last chapter of the book, I think I was on the <laughs> narcissist phase. And uh, okay. and that was not good. I think I was like, oh, I should try out this. People talk about those charismatic bad boys. And I tried that. And uh, basically, they're just grandiose. Uh, I don't know. They really... Uh, I think you always blow say the hard, word blow hard, blow hard windbags. Yeah. I like to say so. <laughs> the ones that are like pseudo, you know, like blah, 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 here's the real reason that the universe is the way it is. All oh, everyone sit down. You know. <laughs> <laughs> those guys. You're like, oh really? Okay. Oh, really? Oh, this should, this should be good. Let me sit down I'm for like, this. <gasps> You had the you had the quote of the episode uh, last time, Weens. You were like, you said something about how everybody's always ear humping you. Oh God, <laughs> just the ear hump. Have you ever been ear humped for like two and a half hours? <laughs> it's just it's I, raw. It's vulnerable. Yeah. I I about spit out my drink when I heard that. It was so funny. I was like, oh my sweet Jesus. 
Oh my gosh. Has it happened? Are women like that too? Like, have you? Mm-hmm. Really? You know. Really? Well, are I don't know. Are we doing know. it right now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, not at all. No, not at all. I, I, I would, I would say that probably most men are are blowhards, but I think a lot of women do like to talk. If I could just be rude for a second, I think no. guys like to talk about themselves more, and yeah. they could probably go on about boring subjects. But I think a generality is I think a lot of women, especially when they get together, they just. They just chatter a lot, a lot. It sounds like a hen house. It's so it, that it can is be a irritating. True story. What do they talk? Like, what do you? What's your observation? Is it surface level conversation or is it surface? It's surface level. It's all insecurity. It seems like I want to like train those girls up. And be like, all right, come yeah. on. I know. Get really is it low self thing too? Yeah. Is it low self esteem or what do you think it is? Yeah, I think low self-esteem is a big one. And I don't know if you were to trace it back to, like, the suffrage movement, if you want to go that far back. But, you know, I guess women have generally been a little bit more, you know, kind of oppressed a little bit more. So maybe in doing that, they've just felt less on the even playing field, a little more insecure overall. And I think they're starting to come into themselves. We've had movements, you know, we've had the 60s. We've had our suffrage movement voting uh, Everybody got quiet all of a sudden. Is anyone else there? No, no, I'm listening. <laughs> I'm really interested in this. <laughs> no, you're, ma- I, you're making a solid point. Yeah, I mean, I, I have... Right? Go ahead, Joe. No, I was just going to say, I have different views, too. I feel like women are kind of competitive in, like, a weird primal sense. We all have this instinct to compete for men. Cave cavemen who are going to protect us and give us food and shelter and all this stuff so that we get competitive and check each other out and need to talk about cutesy surfacey things and look cutesy surfacey to get the guy. I don't know. I feel like there's just some instinctual thing there that we need to break, though. It's like we need to be conscious of that and get past that and support each other and get through it. And, See, I don't find but, that as much, yeah. but I haven't hung out with a lot of groups of women that are more catty like that. I don't know why or... Did you? Me? Yeah. I Well, but it's like I said, it evolves. I think as women get older, they realize that's all BS and they get past it. So now my friends are kind of like a, a fine wine. Like I've curated my little friend group yeah. to be the real girls, the real people. And we don't get caught up in that BS. So it's nice. But you hang out with um, other groups that you're not so used to. And yeah, they can get into hair and makeup and so-and-so said this and do 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 and it, yeah. it's so silly i just look at it and go oh, girls come on come on i don't so, see I, yeah. I must hang out i hang out with a bunch of dudes on the film set so maybe i don't see it as much um what about you no. brian in the in the workplace do you get that i okay, i think mouse made a really good point i think it does have a lot to do with like evolutionary coming up i don't i would almost argue though that men are more competitive just because i think we had to compete to get the women you know it had to be you know, I'm stronger, I'm faster, I'm bigger, I can, you know, hunt bigger things, or I'm better at this. Because, you know, I guess, I would imagine back in the day, you know, you wanted to find a man that was literally going to provide for you, not just, you know, I don't know. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. I would say women, I, I would say women probably... Typically, a long time ago, men were the hunters. Women took care of the the camp, which also included going down to get water, wash clothes, wash wash everything. 
and I think that was kind of like a community time for women where they had to talk. And I think that was kind of the way of figuring out what's happening in the tribe is to to almost get to like a level of gossiping so you can figure out what's happening within everybody. Because I don't think men, you know, I don't just think that's really much of a natural thing that men have. But I think it's a, inherently, I think it's a good thing that women do have that. You know, it, it's mm-hmm. definitely right. needed a long time ago. I like so that. weird. Yeah. But I, I, I but at I do work, hang it's, out with it, my friends down yeah. by the stream, and we do uh, discuss Utex's uh, new hairstyle and whether he yes. looked at me today. <laughs> when and, you go down uh, to the stream, when you I go down to wash your clothes the at the stream, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she takes the kids to school and then goes to the stream. It's very, it's very That's strange, right. but very connected to your roots. Congratulations, <laughs> Bert. She can do it all. It's very, it's very primal. Goes down her loincloth. Yeah, she does. She wears a loincloth and a jock right. strap, which doesn't make any sense. But, you know, we'll talk it about gets that It caught later. up in my armpit hair sometimes, but, you know, I, I brush it aside. Yeah. It works. It's, uh, yeah, what do you think of that? Have you ever dated a girl with armpit hair? Oh, boy. I did. You know, that's actually <laughs> a really good question. I did. I, I uh, went to college in kind of a hippie town up in Flagstaff, Arizona. Oh, and, nice. Yeah, and it's uh, it's kind of like a mountainous. It was, oh, whatever. Oh, it's kind of like a hippie town. Yeah. And for sure, I dated my share of granola, hairy, um, and did that dreadlock women. No, I'm I'm like super earth loving kind of person. Yeah. Like I think I've, now I now I'd uh, uh, you know I don't know how attractive that is to me. I definitely don't. I don't know that I even give a, a second look to. A woman that doesn't shave, but I don't know if yeah. it's necessarily my thing. I just think like if you're not going to take that extra s- step to uh, for hygiene, maybe other hygiene's going to be a little bit um, off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so weird because yes. someone today was talking about dreadlocks, and oh, they were talking about fish, fish fans, and this guy was okay. saying his first girlfriend ended up doing heroin with a bunch of fish fans, and she fell asleep. He was in love with her, in love with her. Finally, got a date with her. They went to this guy's house they listened to fish it was all the fish people she ended up like nodding off on the toilet and he said that was the time when i decided i would never try heroin and never date that girl again but he said she also had really smelly dreadlocks and then i thought about it and i guess it would be very how do you wash dreadlocks you don't you do once they're tight uh once they're tight then you can then you could wash them but yeah as you want them to start to nap up you don't wash them. You want the natural oils to kind of bond the, the, the... that's coming from yeah. a guy that shaves his head. So it's not like I know much about hair, but I do remember, <laughs> Yeah, I do remember some women that, yeah, Those were I don't the know. Days. It, yeah. Well, you get, you got a little bit of a tree hugger side to you, Halloween's. I do. I, I actually she did. Does. I do. And I hugged trees the other day because I really literally felt compelled to hug an oak tree. I was walking in Griffith Park. What? Would you sh- stop? <laughs> That's cute. But All no, right. I really That's do good. believe that there's energy in trees. And there's a wonderful TED talk about the communication of trees. They actually do communicate with each other. They, they warn each other of disease when there's white beetles, for example. And the other ones will yes. shrink up their roots. and they'll, So there's a whole communication in the forest. It's not yes. just a trippy wow. thing. Get hit. I like this. The trees. Being the garden lady, I really like this. I want to do a whole thing on trees. So yeah. that's good. I will send you that podcast. Okay, now for my, let me find one question, uh, Brian. <laughs> okay. Did you get oh, along pretty okay. well with your parents? Yes, my parents are awesome. My parents are still married. <gasps> and they, and they, uh-huh. my parents live 
maybe 10 minutes away from me. My sister lives right next door to me. My brother lives five houses down. And another one of my sisters lives, I don't know, maybe eight minutes away. We all live real close. We're like super, super close family. Holy moly. That just never happens. How did that happen? Wow. Is it because you love them so much that you just didn't see a need to, or did people go move away and come back? Well, I'm the youngest of five, so the... The kids left and went to college and split. And then I was the last one. And then when I went away to college in Arizona, my parents left Orange County where I grew up in Southern Orange County. And they moved out to a little town called Murrieta, which is where I'm at now. And they moved out here and they bought big old five acre ranch. And then as we all kind of like found our, you know, special person, we all kind of came back together and moved close to each other and so here we are that's so cute isn't that you for me that's beautiful are you married now i'm happily divorced oh really is this Mm. recent do you want to talk about it Hmm? no i'll talk yeah no nothing's off limits i was married for (laughs) 10 years i have two like awesome awesome kids and then just things weren't working out in the marriage and so we got a divorce and then now I have like the most killer girlfriend and she has two kids and her kids are pretty much identical age and sex to my kids. So the boys are pretty much the same age, they're best friends and her daughter is the same age as my daughter pretty much. And yeah, it's rad. Yeah. So now we have like a, you know, his and hers in one big house. It's cool. That's fun. Little Brady Bunch action. Cool. Yeah. It's pretty rad. That's amazing. You're still in the same town, like you do joint custody and the kids kind of go back and forth kind of thing? Uh, no, fortunately, we're in separate towns. She's, okay. yes. <laughs> I said I'm happily divorced. I didn't say. Yeah, this lady sounds like a piece of work. How you dare to- you say that? <laughs> How dare you? I don't know. I, I have this, I'm using my psychic powers. You do have some psychic powers. I do. Here's my uh, next psychic question, because I just had this. Do you play guitar, and did you recently learn a song by the Stone Temple Pilots or Soundgarden? Oh, my God. No, I didn't. Oh, my God. I thought I was right. Are you serious? God, okay, hold on. I that was me. You got confused that. with me. I was going to say okay. sublime. I was going to say sublime originally. Full disclosure, I actually, over the summer, was trying to teach myself guitar. Were you nice? Look at that. That that is, that is the truth. I okay. I have a that's a I have a very obsessive personality, and I pick up things and I get super obsessed with them for a while, and then I end up like getting Never. proficient at it, and then, and then I just like move on to something else fun. And the guitar is the one thing that I've just never been able to do. I have two acoustic guitars that I've been trying to learn how to play for easily eight years, and I just. I just can't do it. I think I need to sit with like a, a private instructor or something. I just don't have the patience to do it myself. What made you think of that? That's crazy. I, I don't know. I just had a weird, I was trying my psychic abilities that they're not quite developed yet, but I sort of hit on something. <laughs> I was just listening to your episode, Brian, with the um, piano teacher and oh. you mentioned the guitar too. So that was kind oh, of funny. Oh, so I guess I just was listening to it. Yeah. That that's that's a funny thing you bring up, Mouse. That is easily the 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 most questionable episode I've ever put out. I debated whether to even put that one out. I <laughs> wondered. The chemistry was really interesting in the beginning, 
And right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. How did you guys meet? Was it just over like podcast so, connections? You guys all start talking uh, or what? I guess a fan of, of my show. So I'm not trying to like, definitely not trying to put down any of my fans, but reached out to me, said, Hey, you know, I'd love to be on the show someday. I'd love your First off, love your show. First off, I'd love to, to be on it sometime. I'm a teacher too. Cool. What do you teach? Well, I teach piano. Whoa, that'd be awesome. I'd love to have you on the show. Boom. So we lined it up mm-hmm. to do it. And just I, to put it politely, he had a super quirky personality. And yeah. I just didn't, I don't know, just things didn't quite click as we were we were talking. I tried to make it as best I can. But like you said, it was super awkward in the beginning. And that yeah, was so. funny. No. It was interesting. I just kind of sat there on the edge of my seat waiting to see how you were going to recover. And you were very gracious and it was great. So it worked out. But that one little joke that didn't fly was kind of funny. Yeah, there was a but couple anyway. things, a couple things he'd say. And then I was just like silent. I'm like, I don't even know how to respond. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm just asking you a question. Like, yeah. how would that work in a Wait bar a second, if you like, sat the... down next to that guy? Can you tell me Sorry, one of them? No. Or what's one of the um, I forget what it was. It was something about like. How many years have you been playing? And he was young, but you couldn't tell. So yeah. you were like, well, I don't know how old you are. I've never met you. And the kid was like, oh, uh, yeah, you're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> but it's like, an, no, but his like initial response was like almost like rude. Like it was, I, I don't remember verbatim, but it was something like, so how long have you been playing for uh, a year? Uh, what? Or, or yeah. maybe that's a bad example. It was something like that. And then he did another one like later on where. I even said, I'm like, dude, I don't even know you. Like, I'm just asking you a question. And he's like, oh, I don't know. Right. I just thought, yeah. It was, it was awkward. I know. It was so a my, very socially awkward attempt at humor. That's my did, whole did life. My whole life. <laughs> you know, it. all walks of life enter our lives, and it's fun to figure out how to navigate it, right? Like, there's teachers. So I work at the school, sort of. I don't get paid. I'm a volunteer, but I'm at a school. And there's teachers that some are super gregarious and outgoing and fun and full of life. And then others are, they'd rather, you know, hang out in the corner and not talk to anybody, but they're great with the kids. So it's just funny to navigate all the personalities and, and I don't know, sort of the workplace, but then out in the real life and then doing the podcast thing. So it'll be an interesting journey to see who we who we bump into, but that's something I I wanted. That's something I wanted to ask you, Mouse. Is it weird as a parent to volunteer at a school? Like all I know is being a teacher on the campus. Is it weird as a, as a, as a parent to like see, I don't know if there's like the other side of teachers, but I think parents have like one perception of how teachers are, but I could only imagine if you're a volunteer at a school, you, you have to see the flip side of how teachers are too. Like, do do you see that or, or not quite? Well, yeah, I went, I've, so I have three kids and now my youngest is second grade. So I've, you know, volunteered since the big ones were little. And in the beginning I was very shy, just like, Oh, whatever the teacher wants, I'll sharpen these pencils and I'll just sit quietly in the corner and I don't want to disrupt them. And they have a whole agenda. And wow, I was just in awe of teachers, how they can do this. And I just didn't want to step on anybody's toes. And then as time went on, you get to know the teachers a little bit better and you feel a little more comfortable. And then they start to treat you a little bit more like a peer. So you can kind of have little jokes with them and this and that. But there's still this like level of seniority, like they're the teacher. They they call the shots. Well, now I volunteer so much. I'm like, you know, 
right up there with the PTA president or whatever. I'm just always on campus. And, you know, there's big signs that say volunteers not allowed in the teacher conference area. But they're like, oh, well, you can come in. You're you're like a teacher because I'm just there teaching in the garden all the time. So now I walk this weird line of half teacher, half parent. And it's really interesting. So I get half the gossip on this side, half the gossip on that side. But you're also probably less tape too, right? Oh, yeah. And then I can do kind of what I'd like because, yeah, nobody I have no one to report to. I don't have hours. Um, It's it's a cool gig. Luckily, you know, I don't necessarily need the paycheck. It would. But it's a lot of hours. Well, how nice for you. you know. Well, right. (laughs) Just just happened to be that way. But anyway, long story short, it's it's really fun. Teachers are very cool and. I just bow down to them. I bow down to you, Brian. You're amazing. I don't know how you do it all day, every day. That's so it's, true, Mouse. I am amazing. You are amazing. <laughs> Wait, can I'm I humble too, apparently. Take... <laughs> yeah, and you took the whole summer off. Like, you really just didn't do the podcast. You really relaxed all summer. I just chilled. Right? Yeah, that was my that was my time. The truth of it is, I, so I I needed it. I really needed it. I I I think I mentioned it in previous episodes, but I got really close to quitting. I got really yeah, close. Yeah. I, I was talking to my parents about it. I was I was running it by anybody that had an open ear. But I was like, I thought I was done. It was that was a rough year last year, and it just what wasn't was it fair that to made the kids. You feel that way. You know, that's a good question. I was, I had, uh, this, it was my third year in kindergarten and the first two years of, well, for the first year of kindergarten, I'd come down from fifth grade and I'd been doing fifth grade for about 10 or 12 years, went to kindergarten. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm in love. How did I not do this sooner? Love the first year. Second year was amazing. And then I don't know what happened the third year, but it was just rough. The kids are kids, you know, they're the same. They're, they're amazing. And I just found myself like losing my patience for them. And, and that was like the, the telltale sign. I'm like, these kids do not deserve their teacher to be like impatient and frustrated with them. And I, I really hope that they never notice because I, I tried to love on them as much as I possibly can, you know, d- despite my frustration, but it was, it was tough. Like I'd go home just like beaten. I was just so frustrated. I'd, I like would ha- I was having like mini breakdowns in the classroom. That's so bad to say. Looking back on it now, it's horrible to say. Like I would have to like turn, I'd have to turn around and take like a deep breath and just go, okay, I can get through this. The day is almost over. Like, Mm. you know, and it was nothing. The kids weren't doing anything, anything that kids shouldn't be doing. They're, they're five, six years old. They're supposed to be hyper. They're supposed to be talking. They're supposed to be out of control. Like they're supposed to be having fun at school. That's what I wanted. And for some reason last year was just rough. (laughs) I couldn't do it. I wonder if it was just the, did you not, did you do something different that year where you like worked back to back or there was additional stress in your life or. That's nothing. a good question. No, not not necessarily. I don't I don't think anything nothing was abnormal, like yeah. nothing really. But I don't know. I took the whole summer off. I didn't really do anything. I didn't do any school planning. Um I'm in a new grade level doing second grade. I dropped a whole bunch of responsibilities that I had at school, so I'm stoked. Second I'm grade's the great best. Year. That's when I peaked. I really stick to that. Second <laughs> grade was amazing. We just yeah. read like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and all these amazing ah. we read The Lion Witch in the Wardrobe and that was my favorite class. Really? Who's your second grade teacher? 
Mrs. Walkenberg, she was beautiful. She had uh, a couple of different last names, and then she got married and divorced. <laughs> <laughs> like within that one, side. but she was beautiful, and she'd let us sit on her lap, and we get to play with her hair. She was more like a princess teacher. And what kind of teacher was this? No, <laughs> I know. Come sit on my lap. This is before. That sounds yeah. like my my daughter's teacher right now. She is like that too. She has like you know, thick blonde, long hair. And she dresses like Alice in Wonderland and the girls all clamor to hold her hand as they walk down the hall and wears dresses and just red lipstick. She's so pretty. She looks like a Disney princess, but she's kind of like no BS. She lays it all out. So I was impressed at back to school night. She really like kind of scared me straight. Wow. Really? That's cool. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's a really fun grade though. I think the kids, I would imagine from what my friend teaches first grade, but, First and second grade, they're so receptive. They're still sweet and right. I think so. Yeah, that was the idea. Is I didn't, <clears throat> I was given the opportunity to move out of kindergarten to go wherever I want. And at this point, I've almost taught every grade level, and yeah. I didn't want to go up to too high because I didn't want to deal with the drama again. Although I love the older kids, they get my jokes, they get my sarcasm. Uh, but there's also like the drama with it. And I, I wanted the sweet and innocent kid. So like second grade seemed like it was just like the perfect grade. Cause it's not a testing grade in California, which is a big thing. And yeah. So now so, let me ask stoked. you this one thing. If you could create any program for any of the kids and you had all the funding in the world and all the support, what would be like a legacy program you'd want to create? Ooh, no pressure. Wow. Answer now. No. Earth science. <laughs> what? Some something with earth science. I, really? I, I don't know. Yeah, for sure. I don't know how. I don't know how we do it, but um, some sort of earth science where I, you know, you could apply earth science to all the grade levels. It'd be an outside curriculum, so it couldn't happen where I teach. But the if there was somewhere where you can go, I mean, if I have all the money and I have all the means, then. I would have like a, you know, whatever, a hundred acre school where it's all of ours and we go out and study and you know, whatever <gasps> math is under the oaks and language arts you, is going to happen at that. I what? smell, I smell a collaboration or at least, uh, you should go to mouse's <laughs> garden and do be like a, a guest, a guest that comes in and talks a little more about the earth sciences within the, yeah, I got to hear more about these gardens mouse because our school was supposed to have gardens and we're looking for yeah. someone to like be the lead on it. We have like, awesome. I, I'm not sure how much it is. I, I want to say we have two, three, maybe 300 square feet of area that for just, it's like the district has already approved it for irrigation and whatever. Oh. We just don't have anyone to like lead it. You know what I mean? So what do, awesome. what do you do? Yeah, yeah stuff. It's, it's this is my passion. My other passion besides podcasting is, yeah. So I was brought in uh, a teacher saw that kids were eating such cruddy sta- snacks during school and she had a passion for nutrition. So she's like, let's start a garden, get kids eating healthy, learn where everything comes from. And she teaches third grade. So does a whole um, curriculum with the Native Americans in San Diego, the Cumier. I don't know what you guys do in Murrieta. Is it the same? Because we're pretty close to each other. Yeah. For what? Like it's grade specific or what? Third grade, Cumier, just like Native American. It's just social yep. studies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Second so, grade, third anyway, grade she saw this Native Americans. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so we had a little area. I don't know how big ours is. It might be about the same size. 
um, and got some funding, got donations, and she just sort of blasted the school with, hey, who likes gardening? Who wants to help me start this? So it really was a teacher lead. And she got the okay from the principal and the district, and they were just ready to go as soon as they had the manpower. And um, we started up like three or four years ago. I got on that email thing right away because I like gardening just for fun. And it's been a blast. All right, but uh, can I just interject here quickly? Because (laughs) she is so humble, but you've won like tons of awards for greatest volunteer, like three different volunteer awards. The greatest volunteer in the world. She's the greatest showman (laughs) for the garden. No, really. I I saw my hat to you. This is the greatest show. (laughs) (laughs) She's the greatest garden. She can grow plants like no one. She is the greatest mouse. <laughs> mouse in the garden. It doesn't make sense because she kills those things. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, I hate the mice. What the hell? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, no, it's thank you. Thank you, Weens. It's good. I know. I like it. And it's fun. It kind of is my little thing. And I do light up and I don't get nervous. And it's fun. I love it. So I encourage you, Brian, to do it because we have, we take math out in the garden. We take English and and social studies out in the garden. We started a native trail. We got a big grant. We wrote a big grant and um, we kind of plowed down this whole area and we planted all these native plants and we just installed all these Kumier Native American things and you know, burn wood. Weren't you trying to, to attract the language and the numbers? Raptors to the or condors or something? Yeah. This? Not raptors. quite condors. They're more like <laughs> what were they? they're kestrels. Oh. They're tiny little birds of prey, but we have a little box that we got from some conservation um group that, you know, they're trying to save the the um, sparrowhawks or American oh, kestrels. So awesome. we have a box. We're waiting for them to come along and we do all sorts of stuff. It's the best. So and we cool. do a lot of earth sciences like we learned all about rocks and you know dirt we're always working with fertilizer and we grow all the vegetables and now we put and it worms. into those and worms we do worms we put the food into the cafeteria and the kids get to actually plant the seed take care of the plant harvest the plant walk it over to the cafeteria and then they eat it on the lunch line that day no and way it's super duper fun yeah it's awesome and so kids that have never there's so many kids they've never uh eaten a tomato they don't know what broccoli looks like when it grows they're kids that have never played in the dirt i had a couple kids say well i'm not allowed to play in the dirt i've what do i do with the shovel like they literally didn't know how to play in the dirt because they grew up in an apartment or in a different country where everything was cement you know they've never had a yard so it's really it's cool it's super inspiring and i love it so i encourage every school to do it and there's tons of resources out there and but you're also creating a curriculum for it. So you you can even hand it off to other people to follow, right? Yeah, slowly but surely. We're four years in, and each year I put a new set of lessons into, you know, sort of a binder system so that when I leave, it can be something that people can pick up and, and run with. But we do a little bit different than everybody else out there does. Like everyone wants to teach 30 kids this one thing for an hour out in the garden. Well, that doesn't really work. Kids don't have the attention span. They want to move around. They're outside. There's bugs. There's stuff to look at. So we've created centers instead. So they have 15 minutes at three different centers. And we do a nutrition center. We do an actual working in the garden. You're either planting or pulling or picking or looking for bugs. 
you know, a real hands-on center, and then we do a science center. So, um, and I do, I've done six a year, then I went down to five a year, now I'm at four a year. I'm really trying to ease off this thing because I'm spending every day there. Um, but I want to make it independent so that it can live once I'm gone too. And we have, like today I trained, um, I think we had 60 volunteers show up to help with all their kids' classes. So I trained 60 volunteers in the garden and we're ready to roll. I just have to kind of rethink up all the lesson plans and start getting the first ones out there. So yeah, we'll do pumpkins and all the cool fall stuff and we do arts and crafts. It's super fun. I'm it's so excited. cute. I want to be a part. <laughs> like, yeah, dude, join me. The first and second graders too. That's like the wheelhouse of excitement in the garden. So Brian, you guys, if you start one, your kids will just go ape. They'll love it. It'll be great. So I love that know. idea. Oh. Is it self-sufficient or is it requiring you to be there every day? I don't have to be there every day, but it does take some one, one coordinator, be it a teacher or a volunteer or maybe a hired gardener to kind of oversee what's being planted, when it's being planted, how often you fertilize it. Um, there's, you know, a lot of element, the weather, you, do I need to put a shade over it? Do I need to put, you know, a white cloth over it to keep the bugs out? All that stuff needs to kind of be overseen by one kind of main person, um, in my Gardner. opinion. Well, not master necessarily. That's like a whole program in and of itself. That's like through the UC system. But um, this would just be somebody who knows gardening, who can kind of keep tabs on things, get the plants that you need. Um, and right now I'm kind of that person. And then once I create the curriculum, hopefully that can live on its own and people can add to it and take away from it. But Who's um, tending to the garden as far as like irrigation and just basic well, overall luckily, like cleaning? Yeah, we have it on a drip system that's all automated. Um, I kind of check it and make sure everything's working the way it should. And when it doesn't, if we have a leak or something, we we happen to have a community volunteer. He's just a dude that lives in the area, and he used to do irrigation for a living. And he took it on himself that he wanted to help out all the school gardens. So we can just call him, and he'll come down. As long as we pay for supplies, he'll fix whatever we need fixed. And he's amazing, and he's just, like, a nice guy. And so that's kind of cool. So that's it does take, dynamic. like, that. Yeah, it takes but that I'll outreach. Bet you, you really have to... Brian, it sounds like, sorry, I cut you off. But um, no, no, no. But you'll probably have a lot of people step up as volunteers if you just get it, like, one person getting it going, right? Is that sort of I think happening? you're right, Weens. I mean, the way that Mouse is explaining it, it makes a lot of sense. It seems yeah. a little bit easier than I she thought it does. would be to take on, like, but the district literally did come in and leveled out area for our garden. And then the lady that was going to run this gardening, you know, club or gardening thing at our school ended up retiring or moving. Or, and now we don't have anyone. To, she's a sweetheart. Her name's Miss Emanuel. It could be me. Would you it say? Is, would you want to take on another hat? You were the mm -hmm. IT guy for a while, and you just kind of yes, were able Mouse. To I I I was the right? IT, and even though I've stepped down and I'm not getting paid to do it, I still do it. I still get, uh -huh. I still get hit up by everybody because I did it so long. Everybody just comes to me, and so yes, yeah, I, I've stepped down for many roles, and then I've end up picking up 
a lot of new roles. And in fact, one of them, and I wrote this down in a little note as you were talking, one of the roles that I picked up on uh, this year inadvertently, I didn't really want to, but is um, like a PE coordinator. So I went to a PE coordinator meeting yesterday for our school and for the district. Awesome. And we were posed with, we were posed with a question. That's what I want to ask you ladies. How do, how do we teach kids the benefits of um, healthy activity and nutrition when the parents aren't necessarily a hundred percent on board with that? For example, Mm. the kids in our, in our area, um, kind of lower income families. So because they're lower income, it's very cheap to go to the store and just buy hot Cheetos and Takis and crap, 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 crap. So the kids come Mm -hmm. and they get fed crap and then they feel like crap and they perform like crap and then they look like crap and they can't, they, you know, they don't even know how to move their body efficiently during PE, like can barely even jog type of thing. So there's my question to you. Epidemic. Yeah. Yeah. It's a huge epidemic. I mean, there's a ton of depression and there's a lot of big issues in the world. And I'll, sorry, not to take it away from teaching, we can go, but it's uh, no, a no, lot no. of it starts with more sleep, more exercise, and more rest or meditation or whatever you may do for that. So, sleep, exercise, no, there's something else I'm not thinking. Probably. Oh, food. Well, sorry, recognizing- food, food, food. Yeah, what you eat, <laughs> that, what we were just talking about. <laughs> Food, exercise, sleep <laughs> is the foundation for a lot of we need to do that to get ourselves started. And that will take away a lot of anxiety, depression. Exactly. That's right. Mm-hmm. I think a good nutrition no, I, would change so much in, in people and even, well, I mean, you definitely have to change your, your physical activity and, and be active more. I mean, there's little things that you can do to improve that. But, you know, nutrition is where I think it all starts. I mean, you, if you're feeding your body crap, you're just going to feel like crap and you're going to look like crap. And I don't necessarily it's buy so the whole true. argument of it's cheaper to buy crappy food. Well, I, I suppose because it's already pre-made and it's pre-wrapped and you just undo that little plastic sleeve and put it in your fat mouth and then I guess it's cheaper, <laughs> but vegetables and <laughs> sorry, vegetables and really fruit are pretty cheap. Yeah. I mean- it's I true. Like, it's I, kind of the, the trend is like so everyone's becoming so lazy, right? It's so convenient just to grab something and throw it in the bag. And I'm guilty of it, too. I do it with my kids because I'm like running late and I'm busy with this, that and the other. And so I just grab the stuff from Costco and stick it in there. And hopefully I've made OK choices at Costco, but probably not. And but I don't know. I was just thinking when we were kids, I don't know how old you are, Brian, but we grew up in the age where there were so many little commercials and PSAs and it was, you know, what were the ones don't group? Yeah. Brush your teeth and eating all the the right food Because I don't brush. It was all the schoolhouse rocks. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Schoolhouse rocks. Like we were just inundated with kind of like commercials and messages about that's right. About being healthy. And I don't know if kids are getting that nowadays. Like if they hear it, Maybe from their teacher once. How often do you guys do the um, my plate? You know the whole thing in California, or is it national? It's not the food pyramid anymore. It's my plate, the nutritional guide. Do you guys oh, talk about that? We don't. When in fifth grade, I used to do. We used to do a nutritional unit. That was voluntary mm-hmm. though. Like, but our whole grade level did it. But it wasn't. It's not part of the curriculum. Yeah, 
See, that's what's I did missing. It, but, I, I th- you know. Yeah, I remember always learning about that. And maybe it was because our dad was a PE teacher and very into health, so we heard it a little bit more. But I remember it in school, for sure, the food pyramid and doing lots of activities around it. And now there's, like, nothing for it. So we're trying to do that in our garden, too. And I think the teachers even get PE credits for doing nutrition with the kids. And so that counts in the garden. The teachers love the garden because they get to check off their list and get PE credits. Yeah. But I think that's a huge thing. I think that offering food and being excited about it, you know, giving out free oranges from, you know, if you can get Vons to do a little like health fair or something at your school mm-hmm. and it's get the so kids excited cute. to eat I saw a mouse do and it and she, the kids were so excited to cut a little cantaloupe and eat it. It was just neat. So maybe just that joy of, you know, getting that instilled in them somehow they'll take it home to their parents and might help the parents to buy better food. Hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That was part I of think- all- that was part of our new nutritional unit is we always had like a, a culmination with, um, I, we used to go to Stater Brothers cause that was our closest store and Stater Brothers, love Stater Brothers, big shout out to Stater Brothers. We'd go and shot to Stater Brothers and say, you know, we have four classes, 30 kids each. So we have 120 kids. Um, in one month we're finishing this nutritional unit. Can you guys donate fruit? to make a um, smoothie and they did and we went that morning and they gave us like you know six eight huge boxes bananas strawberries blueberries ice yogurt like it was like done and done type of thing yeah and the kids got to cut it up and make smoothies and they were like oh my gosh this tastes so good I'm like oh my gosh it's natural sugar (laughs) surprise yeah Yeah. see yeah I know. And just I know. Like it's not, little... it's not quite the same as as eating it, but whatever. I didn't tell them that. No, that's No, great. I think that's great. Anything that they can see that they recognize as being like fun and cool and tasty that they can take home and get excited about with their parents. I mean, we had kids, you know, running home and telling their parents, I had kale in the garden today. It was so good. Yeah. And they even said we could put it on our pizza. Can we get kale on our pizza? So, so cool. The parents are coming to school on Monday like – what are you teaching my kid? They want kale in their pizza and or bok choy. Where do I buy bok choy? How do I how do I cook bok choy? What's kohlrabi? Like we're teaching them all these wow. cool vegetables, and we give them seeds and like a little pot. Even if they can start it in their window, if they live in an apartment, they can still start something. Grow and that's something, what I remember. Honestly, my best memories were taking were growing things and seeing the process of growth. And you feel like it's yours. You feel like you're nurturing something. There were a lot of like deeper benefits of doing that. And then if you, if it's something that you grow into something you can eat, it's a whole new experience. That's, yeah, it's lovely. It's huge. It's great. The kids like run to the garden and we've even started opening it at recess because we noticed that there were certain kids that kept wanting to come in the garden. They would just stand at the gate and ask, can we come in? No, no, we're, we're working right now. Oh, okay. And so we started a little recess social club and there's a lot of kids that don't have a lot of friends or don't know how to play kickball or pick up a ball and do basketball or whatever it is, but they found camaraderie in the garden. So it's yeah. almost like we have this little recess social club and it's the cutest thing and the kids all come and you know, they can nerd out on bugs and they find other nerd bug friends and they can just have the best time in there. So that's like a huge social a benefit. I don't know. Yeah. I'm 
I'm all about it, Brian. Totally get your school to start it, and I'll bet you'll see changes. I'll bet. And and we've we have kids from all different cultures too, and I'm learning a ton. Like some kids are like, oh yeah, you can pull off the pumpkin blossoms and put them in a taco. Like I never knew that. I'm like, wow. oh, really? Yeah, my my grandma does that all the time. She fries them up and puts them in a taco. They're really good. Oh, okay. cool. Okay, and. Yeah, and awesome. we've done little maps, like where do plants come from? Where in the world did they originate from? Did Columbus bring it over to America? And yeah, there's so many lessons in the garden that you can bring in. So, And your garden's fenced off? Is that, did I, get, yeah. did I catch that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I could see how that would area. be a huge benefit. Our, our garden is not fenced off, but I could see how that would uh, be a huge benefit. Yeah, to make it like a garden to plate program too, we had to have it fenced off. You don't want like random dogs coming in from the street and like peeing on the vegetables or something. So it had to meet certain requirements and we kind of planned it that way. And we put in real like small fencing so that rabbits can't get in there and stuff like that. So I would imagine that was like a fundraiser or something. You could probably get right, Brian, right? Oh, I would imagine it wouldn't be too hard to fence it off. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, tons of grants. Grant, you know, companies or grantors, they they love starting gardens. There's a ton of grants to start a garden. When you get into the maintenance of a garden, not so many grants. Like, that's harder to find. But in the beginning, if you just have, can write some grants, it's people will come out of the woodwork. Everybody wants to put their name on, we started a garden for this school. Oh, yeah, of course. So The, the pride yeah, of, yeah, I'm helping huge. so-and-so elementary or whatever middle school. Mm-hmm, That's absolutely. so cool. This is exciting. I hope it happens at your school. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really fun. I know. Wait, Brian, can yes. you please advise Weens on on dating? Oh yeah. All right. So as a as a guy, as a guy who grew up in Orange County, you're not too far from where she is, and mm-hmm. she lived in Orange County for a while. Um, and Seal Beach. You were married. Yeah, you were married and then now divorced. Now you have a girlfriend. So you've kind of run the gamut. You've been there. What oh, yeah. Advice? I'm a professional. <laughs> He's a professional. <laughs> <laughs> but you seem like, you know, a cool down-to-earth guy. And you That's take good care of yourself. And You're right. You like, I'm amazing. He is yeah, amazing. You like all those Go on. Feel, so, feel free to keep adding words to it. Unique. Yeah, you're right. Think, Funny. Yeah, of course I am. Uh, Brian is amazing. He wants to start grazing on some lettuce in his brand new garden at school. There you go. Are you serenading me? <laughs> it was. It's called Brian is amazing. He likes lettuce. It's yeah, true. You, got a you, 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 yeah, you got forgot it. some key descriptors, but that's okay. What? What, what are those? Huge muscles, you know, the, the things that are obvious, but that's okay. You know, I understand how you could overlook those things. He's got giant muscles and giant thighs and giant biceps and a giant, giant ego's name is... No, I'm just kidding. That's so not true. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. You don't at all. That, I didn't know what else to say was, was big. I can't. This is a kid show. I was just, I was just gonna say you're yeah. you're good at not letting things slip because I would have been like he's got giant this and he's got a giant uh, shoe. Don't go there. Giant hands, giant feet, giant. Whoops! What? My name's Weens. Okay, here well, we l- go. Let's, and, yeah. let's let's start with this, Weens. What? Uh-huh. 
what how did you get into um working in would you say is it video production are you an ap or what are you i originally right now i'm doing a lot of location scouting Uh and location work and then i also do um some writing and directing and stuff like that on on non-union but my bigger like daily paycheck a lot of times becomes the location job Uh uh-huh did you go to school for this or did you just kind of fall into it i did i went to i went to san francisco city college and i did a couple classes in film production over at uh, san francisco state and then i promptly one of the guys who was teaching in our class named michael kitchens was working on a hit show named nash bridges with don johnson so i and cheech Cheech. (laughs) don't forget cheech so, uh, That's right. yeah, I kind of like glommed on to this guy and said, get me a job, get me a job. And I was very eager and started working on, on the hit sh- Did I say it was a hit show? Um, Nash Bridges. <laughs> <laughs> and then from there, yeah, it was kind of just moved around and did a lot of different TV shows and movies and things like that. So can I brag for a minute though, please? Because she actually is a very good actress and, very pretty and could be a model and so she went to new york and did her whole thing there too so she does have like theater training and she's put on one woman shows she's written plays and all sorts of like rock stuff that's right and just a ton i mean you ask and she has done it so you are a jack of all trades you're yes, welcome. The Jill of you all wear trades. many hats on that wiener of yours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. Okay, wait. What? It's stacked up. <laughs> so where that, yeah. where did the names come from, Mouse and Weens? Oh. Mm. I was a little gummy baby. I think I could sit up, but my teeth hadn't come in yet. And my mom was pushing me around in a grocery cart and... You know, threw some cheddar cheese in there, threw this in there, threw that in there. And I guess I, she let me hold the cheddar cheese to just gnaw on. And I actually gnawed through the shrink wrap and got into the cheese. So she started calling me mouse. And then weans, you want to take it? Uh, I was just like a big sausage when I came out. I was 11 pounds, 9 ounces. And I guess they did the little swaddling of the baby coming home from the hospital. And they... The parents bonded on the fact that they were laughing that I looked like a big wiener. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, then it was like it became weenie, weenie in, weens, and then played basketball. They yelled, the weenah. And then so weens was the one that just kind of stuck towards the end. I love That's it. Right. It's so uh, awesome. Oh, my gosh. That's her. That's it. You even have a, don't you have a movie credit with that name somewhere? Yeah, on a... Uh, Girl Boss, a TV show that kind of came and went. Sophia Amorosa, do you know that woman who created her own company? Yeah. Called Nasty Gal Clothing her. Line, and they did a TV show on her. She was like the okay. saucy kind of punk rock clothing creator. Yeah. Who, She's a big podcaster now, too. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So yep. I'm credited Girl as means on, on that show. <laughs> Tell me why you're single. Let's get to the bottom of this. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Do you have another four hours? Look at we passed our fifth... Uh, 48 minute mark too bad we'll have to get back to this next time on part two (laughs) he's not gonna let up i could tell 
dead silence. Uh, no, you're very right. I am not going to let you. Oh, my God. I don't know. Why are some people single? I think um, I was in a nice, hefty relationship for about 10 years. So I, I had a nice long one there. So I guess you can call it, even though we weren't married, it was a... After that, I don't think I quite recovered. That was like five or six years ago. And I think I have just had more of the short-term um, chapters, experiences. With uh, There was an Austrian nihilist in there somewhere. Everything was so <laughs> stupid. I just repaired bikes and everything's stupid. There was a, just like experiencing different flavors of men in life. Well, you're... You were kind of like, yeah, trying. There was a weed dealer and... in there somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> a weed are dealer. Are you being who... like? Are Are you just being more tolerant of idiots? I think of, I like, probably gave up a or what's for the deal? a while. I think I just gave up for a while and just kind of there was a general give up and that happened for a few years where you know because you put so much effort into the long term relationship. Like I, I put everything or a lot. I'll just say a lot. Yeah, I get you know? it. Yeah. And then I think after that, it was just like, uh, I'm not going to, we'll just go through life a little differently for a while. So, you know, but I think I've also, if it's, if I'm going to get into something with someone, it's going to be a, a lot of wise choosing. If it's going to be a real thing, I'm going to, uh, you know what I mean? You know, yeah, but when why, you've do had you, a rough... why do you let it, why do you let it stretch on for so long? For example, you had that cool story. About, <laughs> you had that cool story about the um, guitar player and how he would speak in poetry to you. And it oh. sounded like from sounded like from the jump, you were like over his BS, but you put up with it for some reason. And, and then you, you know, and then he <laughs> talks in poetry again and you're like, yeah, I'm seriously over this. And then, you know, next thing you know, you're like, and then he's got his tongue down my throat. Oh and my that God, that never happened. <laughs> oh my God. No, that was, no, that was the, no. Yeah. Yes. Okay, you're right. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, yes. I, I just want to take you up on the hill and serenade you and oh tell you gosh. poetry. You're oh like, it's God. so gross. You're like, so anyways, mouth. Next thing goes to this. He's got his tongue down my throat. No, that never happened. Well, that happened once. And it happened, <laughs> it happened, it happened at the beginning. And then, and then, okay. So true. You're right. Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So what's the worst uh, dating experience you've had? Well, can I just interject? Yes, I, I think that my sister is too nice. She really doesn't want to hurt anybody. Mm. So she will talk kinda... shit on a podcast, but not no. to the person. <laughs> but you'll, you'll, you know, entertain the idea. You'll hang out with the person. He'll take it too far. You'll turn him down in a nice way. But then you can't be mean and end it. So you'll just kind of hang out and try to be friends which is confusing. Yeah. And then these poor guys are all just kind of following around with their tongues out no, and no, no, waiting no. waiting for a little piece of meat to be thrown their way. Uh, a piece of wiener. <laughs> yeah. A little piece of wiener. A little wiener. Yeah. Slice of wiener. But <laughs> little Frank, little bean. <laughs> you're just, you're so sweet though. You don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't and you know want everyone to. I mean, no, but it's true though. I think you want to leave the relationship with people feeling good about themselves. Well, you these are not like somebody. these people who I talk about. They're not like dirtbag, awful people. They're actually good people, right. and they're sweet people. And they it, usually the foundation was in someone that I wanted to hang out with as a friend, and then it went to that place, whatever that is, and 
you know, the tongues that you speak of. And then, um, <laughs> and then it kind of like fall and then I'm like, Oh, how did that happen? And then it goes back to being friends and, you know, maybe that is confusing, but I don't know how to just cut people off who are nice people that you might still want to be friends with. So, but then there's that, those that other, yeah, cause maybe, I mean, like flamenco guy is a fun person to play guitar with and, and the other, like the horror film guy, oh, I didn't get into the hee-haw boob grab, did I? No, oh. you've got, that's a future episode. We got to get into that one. Okay. Well, that's, yeah, stuff like that, you know, I'm friends with these people that there was just a weird moment when you're watching Hee Haw and then grab your boobs. But, you know, that happens to everybody. So, story for another It, it happened to me. I've lost oh, count how many times it's happened to me. Oh, God. Yeah, see? I'm, that's what I'm telling you. Mouse, have you had a little boob grab during Hee Haw? Yeah, mine usually happens with either the Mandrell sisters or, uh, or Ro- Roy Herbison. Welk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Roy? The, Who's yeah, the guy? But, Roy? The, okay. <laughs> Do you know Hee Haw? Did anyone watch that or was it just us? We kind of had a country flair growing up. Yeah. I Brian am with you. No Hee Haw. No, I'm not, I'm not aware of Hee Haw. Really? Oh. Random fact for you, Weens. Love flamenco music. Gypsy so Kings are Gypsy Kings are like probably one of my top favorite bands. I love flamenco. It's, Aren't that's like great? my definite chill music. Oh, it's, it's beautiful music. There's something about yeah. it so passionate, just this raw. Have you heard the real flamenco women just like the and coming from their souls? It's really passionate music. I saw it in Barcelona mm-hmm. and saw some people performing out there just like the real deal. And it just stops you in your tracks. It's compelling. That's so cool. Yeah, yeah so I can get the cool. attraction to that. Yeah. But it would be weird. You know how he's he's just talking in poetry to you like... <laughs> Why do you got to talk like that? <laughs> he's kind of a stoner and he's a young kid, but also yeah, like, yeah, yeah. an old Light soul. your doobie, okay? Light your doob, <laughs> play the guitar, shut your mouth, and we're going to get along. To pass First off, pass me the doobie. Yeah. You play. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah what, what would you say to this guy? Would you tell him to take a hike, like leave her alone? I, I would. Honestly, I don't yeah. know that. Okay. This is going to contradict myself. I don't okay. think that men and women can be friends. That said, my best friend is a woman. <laughs> mm. oh, okay, so you must have some feelings, do you? I don't. Like other- no, I don't. I don't, and I love her very much. Her name is Echo, and for sure she's listening. But uh, no, Echo and I have never had. I don't. I don't know that she's had any attraction to me. But she's just like. She's more of a guy than she is a girl, and I hate to say that, but she's she's just a badass. Echo's really cool. She's, um, in fact, she was like, heard, abs- go ahead. I heard your episode with her. She's the principal, and she's very cool. I really liked her. We yeah, would totally be friends. She's yeah. she's legit. I like to say that I would rather have four quarters for friends than than a hundred pennies. Mm-hmm. You know, me four too. four quarters means a lot more to me, and I do. She's one of my she's one of my four quarters. I I probably only have. Four good friends. The rest are just yeah. acquaintances that I could take or leave, and it's you know, that's, that's pretty not true with me. most people, right? Like your core, you can count count on one. I hand. think so. Mm-hmm. I think so. I, I would hope that people would just have core good friends. And it sounds like you do, Mouse. You're like, yeah, you know, as you age, you just find women mm-hmm. that you know. It's not catty. It's just you know, yeah. these are my people yep. type of thing. You'll love them no matter what. Yep. 
you ladies are so awesome. You but you you obviously love each other so much, and and it tells in all your episodes. It's very very cool. That's so sweet. We do. Gosh, that was so awesome. What'd you guys think? I think that he's uh, great. This Brian Pulaski from the Lazy Teacher. Our new buddy, check him out on the Lazy Teacher podcast. Yes, Mouse is on the speakerphone. That's why it sounds weird. She's driving, but um. We, yeah, we just love this guy. He's like our new best friend, and we're so happy to do this collaborative podcast swapping. And you know, overall, we just met a great guy, right? That's right. Super check rad. Out. Super rad. Check him out and check us out. Go to our social media stuff: Instagram, Facebook. Give us some likes and stars, please, because we're we're desperate and we totally <laughs> need you to prop us up because I'm feeling deflated today. Okay. Oh, yeah. lift up those those girls, would you? Like a nice bra, please. <laughs> lift up the two girls. That's us. Well, oh, that's us. Okay. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that was a booby analogy. Got it. It's all making sense. All before coffee. Okay. All right. Hey, everybody. <laughs> we Have a great love you. We love Bye. Brian Pulaski, lazy teacher. Check him out. a new best friend we hope that it will never end his name is brian Pulowski. mouse likes him and so does me because he has a giant heart in his giant chest and he has a giant hand that will hold your giant glove he also has giant pants where he hides his giant pockets brian Pulowski, mouse and me gonna be friends forever and then some the lazy teacher and mouse the lazy teacher and weens we're gonna